hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Well, last week we started a series on, as Tim uh, told our young disciples, uh, John Wesley's general rules, which were rules that he set up in, in 1739 for a group of church members that became what's called the United Societies. And this, these United Societies wanted to, uh, I, I love the phrase that Wesley used in, in the general rules, to flee from the wrath to come. They, they, they wanted to know what it was that they needed to do in order to make sure that when, when wrath came, they were not a part of that. And John Wesley gave them these three rules, and he expounded on them in these general rules. And we're going to be doing a little expounding on these rules uh, last week and the next two weeks. But these rules are simply, as you can see on the screen this morning, do no harm to do good, and to love God. And when Wesley put these rules together, they, they were all intertwined. It's not like one rule can stand on its own, but it takes all three in order to continue to grow in our faith and to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. Last week, we talked about the first rule about doing no harm. And I talked about how we need to make sure that our actions, what we say, what we do, don't harm others. But it also talked about how we need to make sure that we don't harm ourselves as well. Make sure that we take care of, of, of this gift of who God gave us to be. But unfortunately, if we were to take that rule by, our, by itself, it's missing a lot. If we were just to focus on doing no harm, then we see kind of the, the issue or the troubles that the church has gotten itself into. All we focus on are those negative things, those things that we are against and those things that we should not do. Now, we should definitely be against those things that are evil those things in our world that causes strife for people. But when all of our focus is on the do-nots, we miss out on the glorious things that God has given us. On Communion Sundays, we uh, have a confession of, uh, a prayer of confession at the very beginning of the service. And in that prayer of confession, we talk about being freed for joyful obedience. That when we, when we ask for forgiveness or when we let go of those things that hold us back, then we are free to do good. We are free to live the life that God has so graciously given each and every one of us. I love teaching confirmation class. And during confirmation, I uh, share with, uh, some, uh, with our, our confirmands this little prayer 
that is attributed to John Wesley. He didn't actually write it, but if you look at Wesley's writing, you can see a lot of his themes go through this prayer. So each session, we would start by reciting these words. And I would love to have you recite these words with me this morning. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. One of our confirmands was here sitting in the front uh, during early service, and I just saw this big old giant grin on his face as we were reading this because it reminded him of, of that time that we had together, but it also was a continued reminder to him, and I hope it's a reminder to us of what we are called to do as followers of Jesus Christ. Our scripture helps illuminate this a little bit, and we're going to get into more about what does it mean to do good as we reflect on our passage today. So I invite you to look at Ephesians chapter 2, if you have your Bibles with you, verses 8 through 10, but we will also have the words up on the screen as well. Hear the word of the Lord. You are saved by God's grace because of your faith. This salvation is God's gift. It is not something you possessed. It is not something you did that you can be proud of. Instead, we are God's accomplishment, created in Christ Jesus to do good things. God planned for these good things to be the way that we live our lives. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. See, Paul is extremely clear in our scripture this morning that we are saved by grace through faith. That, that there is nothing that we can do in order to earn God's grace. It is when we, we put our faith into action that allows us to receive fully what God has so graciously given us. Like thinking of it this way, that all of the good works in the world cannot put us right with God, but there is something radically wrong with Christianity that doesn't result in good deeds. There is something radically wrong with Christianity. If we say that we claim the name of Jesus Christ and we fail to do good deeds, then there is something wrong. There is something amiss there. You know, I, 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 most of you know that I, I did not grow up United Methodist, but I had a bunch of Methodist friends in my hometown of Hutchinson, Kansas, and, and I know that they were always around running, doing doing things. They were doing good things in the community. And whenever I would ask one of my classmates, why do you do this? They was like, well, we're supposed to do these things. And it got around that United Methodists were just trying to, to earn their salvation. But I know, and you know, that that's not what we try to do. When we do good, that is a response to what God 
has already so graciously done for us. If we were to take a closer look at Wesley's second rule, we would see these words. By doing good, by being in every kind merciful after their power, as they have opportunity doing good of every possible sort and as far as possible to all men. Now, being here in in 2017, reading words from all the way back in 1739, it can get kind of mumbled or jumbled a little bit. But one of the things that John Wesley really looked at when he came upon these rules was a piece of Scripture in Matthew 25. And in this passage, we see Jesus gathering people around the throne. On the one side, he had what were called the goats, and the other side they had the sheep. And the king came to them, they said, Come, those who have done these things, those of you who have fed the hungry, those of you who have clothed the naked, who have given drink to those who were thirsty, who visited those who were sick and in prison, you have inherited the kingdom of God. Well, those on his right said, well, Lord, when did we see all of this? When did we see these things that you're talking about? And Jesus replies, when you did this to the least of these, you did it also unto me. When we accept this gracious gift from God, we then open ourselves up to do unto the least of these. We open ourselves to allow God's grace and mercy to flow through us so it is an example or it is a shining light for those to accept and receive God's love and grace. But there is a question that comes to us when we contemplate doing good. We wonder how is it that we do this? Because we all know that sometimes we can be overwhelmed. I know over the past month, two months, with, with the hurricanes uh, bearing down, with, with uh, racial tension building up, you look and you go, how in the world can I do good when there is so much out there that's, that's wrong with the world? I go back to a phrase that I know that my mom and my dad taught me, and that was all about eating elephants. Do you all know how to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So when we talk about doing good, it only takes one little thing. And if we do that one little thing, it grows. It builds up. It allows the many different things that each and every one of us can do in order to be one big thing. I saw another picture of our uh, food pantry, our daily bread, and I'm thankful that we have this ministry that people can come and feed their families. But once again, because we're in this, this time period of summer, food can get a little scarce, so the cabinets get bare. So just thinking about that, how can we do good to help our daily bread? Well, 
If you go grocery shopping, buy a couple of cans of beans. Buy a, a, a jar of jelly and bring them to the church and give it to the food pantry. Because if every single one of us were to bring one or two cans of food, it helps us build up what is happening around us. And if we all work together, there's plenty of food for everyone. But then we deal with the fact that sometimes we think that what we do doesn't make a difference. Well, I may bring something for the food pantry, or I may make a flood bucket or whatever. There's just so much out there that, that we need to deal. The little piece that I do can't make a difference. There's a sermon illustration that I probably have used before, but I, I, I love the example that it gives about a young boy who was walking along the shore of a beach And as he's walking along, he notices that there are starfish lying all over the beach. And he reaches down and he picks one starfish up and he throws it back in the water. He walks a little bit farther, picks up another one, and he throws it back in the water. There's an old man who sees this young boy doing this and he walks up and he says, why in the world are you throwing these starfish back in the water? And the boy said, well, if I don't do this, they're all going to die. And the old man said, son, look, there are so many starfish on this beach. How do you expect to make a difference? The little boy smiled, reached down, picked up another starfish, and threw it back in the water. And he winked at the old man, and he said, I made a difference for that one. See, my friends, when... We have this call in our lives to make a difference, to do good. If we do good for one person, that matters. When we have the opportunity to do good, to to share God's love and grace for just one person, it makes a difference in their lives. So the next question that we have is, where do we start? You know, we, you know we're overwhelmed. There, there's so much that needs to be done. I don't know if I'm really making a difference, but where can I start? Well, the folks, the, the answer is simple. We start at home. We start where you live, with your family. How can I do good for my spouse? How can I do good for my kids? How can I do good for my parents? Yes, even how can I do good for my brothers and my sisters? See, when we take a look at that first simple step, then we are making a a giant progress. The second place that we make a difference is right here in our own church family by stepping up and helping out when you, we are asking for people to help. I, I, I love walking around uh, Wesley Hall with our Sunday school classes that are growing. I see new faces standing up and, and helping out with our children's Sunday school. I see new faces starting new classes to help others grow in their faith. 
I see a new faces as we, st- as we continue to build our new fusion ministry to help serve food, to, to provide learning opportunities that our kids may not get uh, in other places. It's finding areas where we can stand up and say, I am here to help. And then finally, the other place is to help in our, our community. Helping out at Davis Elementary School. Sitting down with students one by one and just reading with them. Helping them do their math. Helping them know that they have a buddy that is there for them, helping them grow in their studies. Let's see, the second rule of doing good not only focuses on these tangible ways that we can act, because if we're honest with each other, there are other social clubs that are out there that do good. I'm a part of Rotary, and, and Rotary does some amazing work in the community. I know the Lions Club does amazing work in the community, even the chamber and everywhere else. They're finding ways to volunteer. But the thing we have that Rotary doesn't have, that the Lions Club doesn't have, we have a relationship with the one who loves us, who died for us, who who came for us so that we may have life and life abundantly. Wesley continues in his second rule that we are to do good to their souls by instructing, by reproving or exhorting all they have any intercourse with, trampling underfoot that enthusiastic doctrine of devils, that we are not to do good unless our hearts be free to do it. See, if in our ways of doing good, we do not connect people with the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Are we really doing good? Are we really showing people a new way of life, a life that is free, a life that is full of love and grace? I talked about that opening prayer by John Wesley that uh, that, that said, that was written by John Wesley, that really wasn't. There's another little prayer or little saying that is attributed by one of our church uh, fathers, by St. Francis of Assisi. And that little saying goes like this, preach the gospel always and when necessary, use words. Now, St. Francis of Assisi didn't say that, but it was something that was attributed to him. And, and I admit, when I was a youth director in the youth room, I had this big old giant poster that had those words on it. And I told my kids, unfortunately, that all you had to do was this good stuff and people will know that you're a Christian. That's not necessarily true. Sometimes, most of the times, it is necessary to tell people about the hope we have. When we do good, it is important that we share the good news of God's love, of God's grace, of God's mercy, about how God has taken me and has changed my life so that I may have eternal life with my Creator. 
See, our main task as a church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ to transform the world. And I think that's what Wesley is talking about with this second world, that we, this, the second rule, the do good so that the world is transformed, so that the world knows Jesus Christ through us. So as we close our time together, I want to invite you to join with me one more time and, and recite this opening prayer that we said earlier. Would you please join me again? Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Let us pray. Dear God, as we continue through these rules, help us to see your grace through them. God, help us to continue to stand up for those things that are evil and those things that hurt others. But God, help us to be a community where people look at us, they see what we stand for and not what we stand against. Help us to be an example of your love and your grace and your power knowing that you have transformed each and every one of us and you continue to move in our hearts and in our lives so that we may grow, so that we can then share that love and grace with others. Help us to continue to do no harm. God, help us to continue to do good and guide us as we continue to grow in love with you. And we pray this in the name of the one who gives us life and life abundantly, Jesus our Lord. Amen.